If you turn with me this morning to Proverbs chapter number 1, and we're going to read from verses 20 to 23. We're continuing this morning on the Spirit of God, and we're talking on part number 16. We're going through the entire Word of God, looking at the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God, and seeing the, the, that it is critical, it is important. We, it, the Holy Spirit of God is indispensable in our walk, in our, in our whole experience with God. Our new experience with the Lord is, is not complete without the dependence on and looking to the Holy Spirit for our enablement and our strength and our teaching and all. Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, He is the Word of God. If it wasn't for Jesus, we would not be able to have the Holy Spirit. He could not and would not be able to come inside of us to indwell us as Father God wanted to. Jesus was the doorway. Jesus was the way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And He is the way. He made the way for Father God. Jesus could not come without the Father's love. If Father God didn't love us, He would never have sent Jesus, His only Son, to die for us. So everything in our, in our existence began with Father God. His love. It says that God, through His Word and through His Holy Spirit, created all things, and God breathed life into us. So it is Father God. We have a Father in Heaven who loves us and cares about us more than we could ever ask or imagine. And without His love being upon us every morning, we would not be here. We would not be existing. We would not have a future and a hope. But Father's love for you makes you a child of His, and He says that, my child, isn't it good to have a Father that loves you? I know in this life we have fathers that that abused us, used us, walked out on us, and, and, and all kinds of things. But God is not like an earthly father. God is above and beyond any earthly father. And it is wonderful, isn't it, that God's word says he'll never walk out of you, on you. It doesn't matter what your situation and your circumstance, your heavenly father will never walk away from you. It is we who walk away from Him. But He will never, never, never. His Word says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Those words are words of hope and joy and peace. And I want to just say this, that because God loved us, He sent His Son, Jesus, that through Jesus Christ, who went to Calvary's cross, on that cross bore your sins, every one of them, my sins, every one of them, past, present, and future. And he bore them on Calvary's cross. And he says that if you believe that, there's an open doorway to the love of God that will cause you to become, as we believe on Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, the Word of God. If we believe on him, there's a door that has been opened for us to go to Father God and become his Son. His adopted son through Jesus Christ. Now you say, well, we're adopted sons. Well, listen, in God's understanding of adoption and in the early church's understanding of adoption, when you, when a person, a child was adopted, it, that child became not a second rate child. 
He became a child as though he was blood-born with every right, every privilege, and there was no second-rate son, no second-rate daughter in the kingdom of God. When God adopted us, every one of us here are adopted sons and daughters of God. But we are not second-rate sons and daughters. We are equal as God's own born son. He says that you are my sons and daughters. So don't think that as an adopted son or daughter, you're any less important than, than someone born into, into the, through the bloodline. So God says that you are my sons and daughters and you have every right and every privilege that I offer in my kingdom. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that great? Praise the Lord. Thank God that I'm an adopted son of God, but I am I am an heir with every right and privilege that God has to offer, that he loves me nonetheless. Amen? And so it is God's love and God through Christ who has made us his children. Now, because of that, he says, now because you're born again and you're now my son and you're now my daughter, I will pour out my spirit into your life to lead you and to guide you to strengthen you and to equip you so God because we are his sons and daughters pours out freely his Holy Spirit into our lives to lead us and to guide us and to shepherd us he loves us that much to put his spirit in us get that he loves us that much to give there is a kingdom beyond the kingdom of this earth There is a spiritual realm that is real. Jesus lives. His holy angels are real and their ministering spirits sent to serve. There is a spiritual realm out there. If God, you know, if you were living in the bottom of the ocean in some kind of a suit, you know, and you saw, all you saw was fish around you, you can't see above the top of the water. So if you were born in, in, in some kind of a, a, a undersea bubble, all you can see is whales and fish and all kinds of strange creatures and, 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 and if you go down to the depths of the ocean, you'd be amazed at what is down there. You haven't seen, right? If you're a tour. You can't imagine what's above on top of the water until you come up out of that water. Once you come up out of that water to surface, oh, there's a whole new world opened up to you, isn't there? There's the sun, the moon, the stars, there's trees, there's birds, those things you can't see underneath the water, in the depths of the water, can you? And so it is in this earthly realm. And while we're in the flesh, we cannot see the spiritual world around us that is there. But one day, one day Jesus says when he comes and we are transformed and given new, we are new, we will see the spiritual realm. We will see the kingdom of God. We will see his glory and his holy angels. We will see all that is there. It is a reality. It is real. The kingdom of God is real. The kingdom of God is real. The mansions that Jesus is building for us in heaven are real. We can't see them, but because we can't see them doesn't mean it's not real. It's real. It's real. And so someday God is going to do that. But it's through the Holy Spirit of God that he begins to open our eyes and to begins to give us glimpses of what he has prepared for us. But he also works through his Holy Spirit from the beginning of creation until that glorious day. He fills us with his Holy Spirit 
to teach us and to make things known, to reveal to us that 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 only the Holy Spirit can do. And I better turn my phone off too before it starts. And here it goes already. Okay, I got to turn this off. Praise the Lord. Amen. Proverbs chapter 1, verse number 20. Wisdom cries without. She utters her voice in the street. She crieth in the chief place of concourse, in the openings of the gates, in the city. She uttereth her words, saying, How long, ye simple ones, how will ye love simplicity, and the scorners delight in the scorning, and fools hate knowledge. Turn you at my reproof, says the Lord. Behold, behold, give attention, it says, behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you, and I will make my no, make known my words unto you. What is one of the reasons? See, as we go through the word of God and understanding the work and the purpose of the Holy Spirit, who is a person, a third person of the Trinity, God wants to pour out his spirit onto us for multiple reasons that we need for our good. For our, for our enrichment and our enhancement. God here says to those people who were, who were, who, who, who needed wisdom. Wisdom is, is, is discerning, they're doing the right thing in the right way. And God gives us wisdom through His Holy Spirit. And He says, I will pour out my Spirit. You notice how God does things? He does things in abundance. He pours out. He doesn't get a little glass and say, let me give a little drops here and a couple here, or or get a little hose and say, I'll sprinkle you a little bit. You know, God isn't interested in sprinkling and and little drip drabs. God wants to pour out His Spirit. You know, if I had a bucket full of water and just went like, I'm giving you everything I got in that bucket, all at one time. And that's what God wants to do. He wants to pour out, pour out His Spirit upon us. And all he wants is somebody to say, here I am, pour out, Lord. Start the pour. And so God wants to pour out a spirit. Why? So he makes known his words unto us. God wants us to know his words. Jesus is the word of God. He wants us to know Jesus. He wants us to come into a relationship with the living Son of God that we may know. Jesus says, if you hear me, you hear my Father. If you see me, you see my Father. Amen. So everything Jesus said and did was to open our eyes to Father God who loves us, who made us his sons and his daughters and his children. And so he says, I will pour out my Spirit on you so that you can understand my words. We can't understand, truly understand, the Word of God with just our natural mind, just our brain. We need the Holy Spirit in conjunction with the living Word of God to unwrap and unveil the true and real love of Father God. When you have the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, that's why as you study the tabernacle, and you saw the lampstand that was filled with oil, but it was burning continually. And you had the, the table of manna. All these things were together because the Word of God and the Holy Spirit and the love of God, Father God, are one and the same. You can't do one without the other. We need the Word and the Holy Spirit. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 17. Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 17. And we're going to see here that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation 
in the knowledge of him. In Proverbs it says that wisdom cries out. And God will pour out his spirit that we may know his words. Here, the New Testament is confirming what God is saying, because God changes not. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. God wants us to be wise in the things of the kingdom of God, and wise in His ways, wise in His word, wise in His teachings. His words bring wisdom. His words are wisdom. And so here it says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory may give you the spirit of wisdom. Here, right here, you see the Trinity. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit of God at work in our lives and upon our lives for good. God wants to teach us. He wants to grow us. He wants to nourish us. He wants us to grow strong in our knowledge of who He is and His great love for us. That the eyes of your understanding in verse number 18, that the eyes of your understanding be opened. If you scroll up a little lens. That the eyes of your understanding be opened, be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Scroll up one more. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and sat him at his own right hand in heavenly places. You see, God through Jesus Christ. Without Jesus Christ, nothing could be done for us through the working of the Holy Spirit inwardly. But because of Jesus Christ going to Calvary's cross, dying and rising from the dead and ascending to heaven, the Bible says there's a kingdom, a spiritual kingdom, where Jesus, the living Son of God, is seated at the right hand of the Father, waiting for Father to say, Jesus, I'm opening heaven. Go and come. Go a second time. And He's going to come as King of kings and Lord of lords. But until then... Jesus made the way. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. And God said through Christ, when Jesus said, remember when he ascended in Acts, as we read this morning, Jesus said, when I go, wait, wait for the promise of the Father, which is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit into your lives, that you may be empowered to do all that God our Father wants you to do. Jesus was rejoicing when he said that. Wait until you get filled with the Holy Spirit of power. And that's what the, God smiled when he said that. Jesus smiled when he said that. Wait for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in your lives. And today, when people talk of the Holy Spirit, there's a No! Smile! Be happy! Rejoice! God's Holy Spirit has been chosen. He chose to fill you with His Spirit to and open your eyes, to open your understanding to the love of God. Rejoice in that. Long for that. Hunger and thirst for the Holy Spirit to open your eyes to the spiritual revelation and truth. That's what it says here in Ephesians. That's what it says in Proverbs. He wants us. Go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse number 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse number 10. And here he, here he's, 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 Paul is talking about people and he says, don't seek after the wisdom of this world, seek after the wisdom that comes from God, from Father God, because he is the source, the source of all wisdom. And he says, but God has revealed 
them to us. He's revealed to us mysteries. If you read the the verses previous, he reveals to us mysteries. Uh, How many of you like to watch a mystery program, huh? And trying to figure out. And, And so they were trying to figure out the mystery of God's salvation. But God says through his Holy Spirit, God has revealed to us what angels have longed to know. What is the God's plan of salvation? What is this wonderful plan that God has? And God, through Christ Jesus and through the Holy Spirit, has revealed unto us by his You see, the Holy Spirit is your key. He is your enabler. He is the one that opens your spiritual eyes. We need the Holy Spirit. But God has revealed them unto us. Us as believers. Are you a believer in this house this morning? Then God has revealed to you by His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. And it goes on to say that no man knoweth... No, knows things but the Spirit of God. And God has revealed to us by His Holy Spirit all that is to come. That's why when we talk about there's a place that God has prepared for us in heaven, a mansion. God has a mansion for you in heaven. He's preparing it. And we, it can't be discerned in the natural realm. A natural man can't understand that. But when you're spirit born, when you're a believer in Jesus and the Holy Spirit comes into your life, you begin to see that God has a kingdom prepared for me, a house, a mansion prepared for me in glory. Hallelujah. And so the Holy Spirit, by the Spirit of God, by the Spirit of God, say with me, by the Spirit of God. God opens my eyes. That's how he does it. He takes the word of God. It's the word of God. The Holy Spirit takes the word of God and he opens your eyes to the truth. We need, we need the Holy Spirit of God in our lives. And that, and in Isaiah, go with me to Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 to 9. We're going to look at the, the Spirit of God in Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 through 9. It says, There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. And talking about Jesus, talking about Jesus coming on the the scene. Now, when Isaiah wrote, it was just a prophecy. It was just, they couldn't envision this here. But Jesus came onto the scene. This prophecy, verse 1, was fulfilled through Jesus Christ who came. And it says, And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Who? The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon Jesus, who is the Word of God. This is the Word of God. And we need the Holy Spirit to rest upon this Word, which is us. And the Spirit of God always rested upon Jesus, but it says the Holy Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Why? Because the Holy Spirit brings with him some qualities and characteristics that enrich us and enhance us. Amen? And it says the Spirit of the Lord... Now, if the Spirit of the Lord rested on Jesus, don't we need Him to rest on us? Don't we need Him in our lives? If if He if Jesus needed the Holy Spirit... Now, again, it's Father, Son, Holy Spirit. They're three and one. Amen? And they can't do one without the other. The love of God and Father God and the Word of God and the Spirit of God, you can't, you can't pull them apart and make them... S- separate, although they are. And so we cannot take the Word of God and say, I don't need the Holy Spirit, I just need the Word of God. No, you need the Word of God. 
That's the basis. Because without the word of God, you can't receive the Holy Spirit. And without Jesus, you can't receive anything else from the Lord. So Jesus is the way, the truth and the life, life with God. The way into the opening of being filled with the Holy Spirit of God. So that the spirit of wisdom, what did we read in Proverbs? What did we just read before, right? Wisdom. The Holy Spirit brings wisdom. And so so that the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might. Who in here needs wisdom and understanding? I do. I know I do. How do we find real wisdom and understanding? From the Holy Spirit. The Proverbs also says, buy the truth and sell it not. It says, seek after, be diligent to go after wisdom and understanding and knowledge that comes by the Holy Spirit. And so why do we need the Holy Spirit? God knows we need it because he brings us wisdom. He brings us understanding. He is the spirit of counsel and might. We need counsel. Every one of us needs counsel in our decisions in every area of our life. Where do we find true counsel? Through Jesus, the Word of God, He opens the door for the Holy Spirit to come that gives us the wisdom and the counsel that we need. So God, Jesus, the Word of God, opens us up to receive the wisdom and counsel from the Holy Spirit and His Word and might and the Spirit of Knowledge. See, this is, these are things that the Spirit of God impart into our lives and enrich and enhance and open up and unzip and make comes, comes in fullness. All these things come through Jesus and through the Holy Spirit and through the Word of God. The two together, the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. The two together, the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. You can't just say, I got the Word, I just got the Word, I don't need the Holy Spirit. No, you need the Word and the Holy Spirit. Together, they bring forth the, the wealth of heaven into our lives. The Holy Spirit is real. From the Old Testament all the way through, as we're going to see, into the New. The Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Bringing riches, spiritual riches, spiritual truths into our lives that open us up and brings us into new, to new realms. And the Spirit of God also brings on the fear of the Lord. Now, it doesn't mean you're afraid and you run away to get from getting beat up. It means reverencing God as holy God, knowing that God is pure, that I can't go to God to try to con him or get around or make a fool of him because no man can. Bible says, fear God, that we may live, that I don't want to live without you, Lord. I want to be obedient to your words, that I may live in that kingdom. I fear living life without you, Lord. I fear living eternity without you, Lord. I need to be in your presence. I need to be into that future in your kingdom, in that mansion that you've built for me. So we should have a fear of living life apart from God. That knowing that living life with God is blessing and joy and peace and gladness. But living life apart from God brings fear and doubt and wonder into our, into our lives. What's tomorrow going to hold? What happens when I die? Where, 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 where's, where's, where's tomorrow going to be? But with Jesus Christ, with God in our lives, we have a hope and a future. The word of God says, I've come to give you a future and a hope, not of, not, not of evil or bad. And so we need to fear that, Lord, I I don't want to live without you. I want life with you. And that's what our hunger and our thirst should be. A life living with God, knowing his goodness, his mercy, and his love. 
And if you go down, we're not going to read them, but if you go down from verses 6 through 9, it talks about a future time when the wolf will lie down with the lamb, the leopard with the kid, and the calf and the young. Why? Because, you see, life with God frees you up from a life of violence and crime and harm. You know, when we look at the world around us, what do we see? Violence, harm, injury, people killing one another and tearing each other apart with words and with every other way. But God's kingdom, the Spirit of God, comes to let us know that if we live with God, if we seek God, we have a future that is free, free from being devoured, free from hurting one another. That's why the Bible says in Revelation, in my kingdom, there is no death, no dying, no hunger, no thirst, no pain, no sickness, no disease. These are the words of Jesus who gives us a future of peace, of righteousness, and that is why. And who says there's going to be no animals in the kingdom of God, huh? Praise the Lord. God had animals in in paradise, didn't he? Before he created Adam and Eve, he created all kinds of creatures in the kingdom of God. It says there's no lion in this world going to lie down with a lamb. No wolf going to lie down with a lamb without looking for dinner. huh? But in the kingdom of God to come, the the wolf can lie down with the lamb and they'll not have fear. They'll not worry, is this wolf going to eat me for breakfast or dinner or lunch? No. (coughs) In God's kingdom, there is no fear. There is no death. There's peace that passeth all understanding. And so that's what we have to look forward to. And the Spirit of God makes, opens our eyes to this. I want to live a life with God where I don't have to worry. I don't have to have an alarm system or lock my doors or be worried about what's going to happen to me. God has brought peace into our lives. And so the Spirit of God quickens us to all of that. We have a future. In Isaiah chapter 32, verses 14 to 18. And here again, here is again the people of God, when they turned away from God and went their own way, they found out that life without God isn't good. Life without God brought on destruction and and famine and and all kinds of stuff. And, And so God was calling them back. Come back to me. Come to me, come to me, that I may give you life, and life more abundantly, life in the Spirit. God wants to meet your needs and provide for you in the midst of any famine, no matter what it is. And in verse number 14, in uh, Isaiah 32, Lindsay, Isaiah 32, verse number 14, starting at 14. Isaiah 32, 14. It says, because the places will be forsaken, and the bustling city will be deserted. The forts and towers will become lairs forever, a joy of wild donkeys and pastures and flocks. You see, life, living life outside of, of, of relationship with Jesus Christ is not good. It is not good. I lived many years running away from the Lord, and I found out it was not good. When I came back to Jesus, He restored and He enriched my life I will never again walk away from the Lord. My days are going to be spent walking with Jesus because He is the glory and the lifter of my head. There's nothing out there better than walking with Jesus. And it says, and then it goes in verse number 15. And see, the, the, in verse number 15, it says, there's going to be all kinds of problems and difficulties until, until. See, the Lord always gives us an until or a but. Until the Spirit be what? Poured? You sure it's not sprinkled? 
or dribble-drabbed until the Spirit is poured. You see what God wants to do? God wants to, again, pour. God is an abundant God. He's, a, he's an extravagant God. He pours. He doesn't sprinkle. He pours out upon us until the Spirit be poured upon us from on high. What happens when the Spirit is poured onto our lives? We're transformed. We're changed. God comes into our life and starts a work of fruitfulness and restoration in our lives. And when God's Spirit is poured out into you, your life will begin to change and it will start to become blessed and fruitful for His glory. Upon, uh, uh, and the wilderness will, will, the wilderness be a fruitful field. Who can make something out of nothing? God, huh? Oh, Lord, my life is like a wilderness is dry. Pour out your spirit into my life, and God will make your life fruitful for His glory. He's not going to make He's not going to make fruit trees grow out of your your head, you know. And He's you know you're not going to be walking around with apples and oranges under your jacket growing out of you. He's going to have spiritual fruit growing out of you, joy and peace and all of that stuff. That is going to be growing in your spirit. Spiritual fruit will begin to develop into in, in your very person, and a fruitful field will field be counted for a forest. In other words, the fruit will be so vast that it'll be like a forest. You know what? When you're walking through a forest, it's not easy to walk because everything there's so much stuff there. And so God, again, see, God is an abundant God. He's an extravagant Father. He loves you. So he said, I'm not just going to give you a couple of pears and apples and stuff. He says, I'm going to make it so abundant, it's going to be like a forest. Spiritually, God is going to enrich your spiritual life to make it so rich that you, it goes, that's why God says, I'll do more than you could ever ask or imagine of me. He is an abundant God, but it's through the pouring out, it's through the pouring out of His Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus said to His apostles, wait, wait guys, until the Holy Spirit from heaven is poured out upon you. Then, then go out into the world and be fruitful and be my witnesses and be empowered and be filled with joy. When the Holy Spirit is poured out, hunger, I pray, hunger and thirst for the God's outpouring into your personal life for His Holy Spirit. Say, pour out upon me. You know, in that, because that's what happens. And then it says, not only will it become fruitful... But the Holy Spirit at work in our lives, if you go to verse 16 and 17, we're not going to read them, but it says that God brings forth justice and righteousness. We long in this world for justice and righteousness. Corruption, who likes corruption? Corruption corrupts. Corruption makes hurt. Corruption makes, uh, it, it, it just, it, 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 it oppresses people. It depresses them. It invalidates them. It, it makes people feel low and, 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 but God's righteousness, He says, I'm the glory and the lifter of your head. God wants righteousness and justice to prevail for all. Every one of you in this congregation, God is your justice. God is your righteousness. God is the glory and the lifter of your head. And it comes through God's Holy Spirit working in the lives of individuals. That's why we need to pray for the Holy Spirit to fill the leaders of this land so that peace will come. Because it says in verse 16, Then judgment shall dwell in the wilderness, and righteousness remain in the fruitful field. And the work of righteousness shall be what? Not war, but what? 
what righteousness, what is right? It's the wisdom and the work of the Holy Spirit through the Word of God in our lives. When the, that righteousness prevails, there will be peace. The Word of God brings peace and prosperity and love. And the work of righteousness shall be peace. And the effect of, if you go up, Lindsay, to verse 17 and 18, and the effect of righteousness, quietness, and assurance forever. And my people shall dwell in a peaceable habitation and in sure dwellings and in quiet resting places. We all want that. Don't we all want to live in peace? Don't we all want to live in security, not being afraid? And so these things come when we have the Holy Spirit in our lives and we live. God starts to bring all these things to play in our lives. And as we, as believers, going forth with the Holy Spirit in our lives and His righteousness, we begin to make a difference. We can't change the world. God can. But we can, in our communities and in the world around us, being filled with the Holy Spirit, we can live our lives with the righteousness and the peace of God that can help others to see and to, you know, to be. But we, your life can make a difference in the world around you. You can't change the world by yourself, but as believers worldwide, if we get filled with the Holy Spirit, we can begin to make a difference in the world around us by doing what is right, by living justly, by living in the righteousness of God, caring and loving for one another. Amen. And I just want to bring you to uh, another uh, verse here. Let me skip that one. Let me go over to to verse Isaiah 42. And we're going to end with this verse today. Isaiah 42, verses 1. Behold my servant, who is Jesus, whom I uphold. You see, when you become a servant of God... God upholds you. God becomes your anchor. God becomes the rock upon which you stand. How many times we say, Jesus is my rock. I stand on him. God will uphold you as you stand on Jesus, on his word and his hold. At mine elect, in whom my soul delights. God delights in you. If you're a child of son of God, God delights in you. He loves you and he will uphold you. And he says, I have put my spirit upon him. I will put my spirit upon him. And he says, he shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. Again, it's the spirit of God that brings forth right judgment. Shall not the judge of all the earth, the righteous judge of all the earth do right. And he says, and he shall not cry, verse 2, he shall not cry, nor shall he up, nor shall he raise his voice, nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. He didn't come to be a dictator. He didn't come to grumble and complain about the way he was being treated or things. He came to declare the kingdom of God. Jesus cares. He said, a bruised reed shall he not break. The Holy Spirit living in your life does not look to break someone or to crush someone. God's spirit in you is to raise someone up, to bring forth healing and then speak words of encouragement, speak words of hope, speak words of life into someone's life, to encourage them to be the best that they can be, to do whatever you do for the glory of God. Be encouraged, be enriched in the Lord. Why does God give us the body of Christ? To encourage one another 
as you see the day approaching, to encourage one another. So it's the Spirit of God that does not cause the, the, those to be break, broken. And a smoking flax he shall not quench. He shall bring forth judgment. As you know, Jesus came so that he may, he may bless your life, not break you, but heal you and raise you up. And it says, look at verse 4. Go up to verse 4 and 5 and we're going to end with this. It says, He shall not fail. God will not fail you. Your Father God will not fail you in the work He's doing in your life by His Holy Spirit and His Word. Trust God. People will fail you. Your best friends could fail you. Your family could fail you. But Jesus, the Son of the living God, your Father in heaven, will never fail you. Never forsake you. And so, he shall not fail because the Spirit of God is on him. Nor be discouraged. How many of us get discouraged by things and situations? That are every one of us. If you've never been discouraged, I don't know what planet you're living on. But you you had to face discouragement. That's part of life. That's part of living. And when you face discouragement, you know, hopefully, who to turn to. Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the Son of God. He's the glory and the lifter of your head. And so the Spirit of God in you keeps us, helps us when we are discouraged to be encouraged. From discouragement to encouragement. That's the work of the Lord in your life. And so, and it says, And the owl shall wait for his law. Meaning, that's your evangelism. Thus said God the Lord, He that created the heavens and stretched them out, He that spread forth the earth, and that which cometh out of it, He that giveth breath unto the people upon it, and spirit to them that walk therein. God created you and put his breath of life in you. And God says, I want you to understand, you're my son, you're my daughter. As you come to me through Christ Jesus, you become my son and my daughter. Acknowledge me as your father. Ask for my Holy Spirit to fill you and give you wisdom and revelation of knowledge of him. His word, his word, his living word is real. His Holy Spirit wants to take this word and make it alive in your life like never before. I'm not saying you don't have the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying you don't love the Word or have the Word. But the Word of God, God wants this Word to come alive like never before. I pray, Lord, let me know you more today than I did yesterday. Set a fire in me more today than I've had yesterday. I don't care how long you've been walking with the Lord. I don't care how much you read the Word in the past or today. But we can always say, Lord, set this word of fire anew and afresh in my life. Continue to open my eyes. I haven't learned it all. I'm still in the beginning stages. I continually, when I open God's word, I see how rich and how deep it is and how little I know. And I depend on God's word and Holy Spirit to continue to to bring me into those places where I can continue to, to know him and love him so that I can be transformed and changed to be a better person, to be a better man, to be a more effective in the world around me for his glory for his name's sake and so we pray and I depend Holy Spirit I need you I pray every day in my office at home wherever I am I need you Holy Spirit teach me guide me here am I work through me so my my thing to you is this God has poured out his spirit he wants to continue to pour out afresh and anew every day his Holy Spirit into your life And I pray, what we have to do is ask, 
Say, Lord, I receive this fresh outpouring today. Stand with me as we close this morning.